to another Ghost Cult Magazine podcast. I'm your host, Keefe. Today's podcast is an interview with Willie from Lamb of God. Lamb of God's self-titled new album releases on June 19th. Check it out. On the Ghost Cult Magazine podcast, welcomes in Willie from Lamb of God. How are you doing, man? I'm doing very well, man. Thank you for having me. Yeah, well, thanks for being here. I- I'm glad to hear from you. Uh, first and foremost... Uh, seems to be the topic of every podcast lately. Um, you know, I certainly hope that everybody in the Lamb of God camp, your friends, your families, everybody is safe and whole from this crazy pandemic right now. We are, man. We're, we're doing the best we can to, to hang in there tight. And, uh, you know, while I'm not necessarily in touch with the guys every single day, I know that everybody's doing well and doing the best they can. So Good. That's all you can do right now. Um, that's, yeah, that's all I can ask for, right? Right. Uh, yeah, it just uh, it just seems like a crazy time in the world. I've been joking with a couple of bands. It's like all that awesome death metal and I, I listened to in the 80s and 90s, like all those song topics are coming true. <laughs> right? I know. I was thinking about the same thing. I was thinking about that old fucking death record. And I was like, holy shit, I was right. He was right. Uh, he, <laughs> he'd definitely be laughing about this if he was here. Um, yeah, he was. So yeah, man, uh, stoked to talk to you about the brand new upcoming Lamb of God record, a self-titled record. Um, I know it's been pushed back to June 19th now, for, um, but you know, uh, I, I think still probably one of the most highly anticipated records of the year. Uh, so yeah, and I, I, I think a good place to kind of jump into with you is, you know, after all these years to, you know, I think it's kind of a statement thing to to put out a, a self-titled record later in your career rather than first, yeah. you know. I would agree with you 100%, man. So, yeah, man. What, no, I was just going to say, uh, just to get your comments on the sort of the mindset behind that, the self-titled and where the band is at today. real intuitive process going into this record and it, you know not that it was like drastically different than um any other record we you know mark and myself everything starts with a riff so we'll we'll write the same we've been writing the same probably for you know years but this time around we did like a few different writing sessions just mark myself and josh our producer and uh we would let months lapse in between those. So it kind of gave us a break from, like gave our ears a break from what we had done the last time and then we were able to come back. And it allowed for a much more focused writing session. So like, you know, by the end of this like year and a half, two year process of these, you know, week long writing sessions that we do, we kind of took a step back and looked at the whole collection of songs that we had. And I think it was Mark's idea first to do, you know, to kind of keep it self-titled. And it just, it just felt, it, you know, there's really not any words to, to describe it. It was just that feeling that, like, this is the time, this is the record to do it, and these are the songs that represent us. You know, not only right now, but, like, our whole career. Like, these are the songs that we've worked up until this point to write and put out. Well said. Um, I, I definitely got kind of, uh, you know, all the records are pretty consistent. You guys, are, you know, speak for yourself, your whole career. But what I was getting from repeated listens to this record is I really love a lot of the, 
sort of uh, throwback to the mid-tempo groove stuff, not just breakdowns, but like whole songs that are grooving and uh, like Rashes of the Wake kind of a feel to me um, and even Wrath a little bit, although Wrath also yeah. has a lot of up-tempo stuff. I, I think about those classic grooves and you guys seem to be really in a zone with, with that vibe on this record. Yeah, absolutely, man. I, I think, you know, it was, I don't know if, it, if, if the songs, you know, grew organically from sessions and then we just wanted to, you know, have, it, it's just hard to, hard to put in the words, man, because, you know, the, the, the songs itself were just so naturally constructed and not that they're ever like superficially or, or done in a weird way before, but, um, everything there was a certain freedom that we had with this record and i think that that really played into just kind of the spirit of each song and allowed us to let each song breathe and not try and force anything into a tune and just let it groove and just kind of do what we do badass i love to hear it man i, I you know it's kind of funny cuz last year was kind of the the you know, the last couple of years have been kind of like Burn the Priest as we build up to this record. You guys did the throwback kind of covers, which I loved. And uh, and I love and I love the Burn. I actually been around. I've been around as a fan since Burn the Priest and New American Gospel. So I feel like, you know, it's oh, yeah, I think it's always important to kind of take a look back before you jump ahead. Right. Um, I don't think we all. Yeah. I, I know people go back and forth about, you know, whether nostalgia is good or bad for you. I think it's good. I think it helps you self-examine a little bit. So yeah, 100%. I, Absolutely. I, I think it was a good, a good error for you guys to kind of look back on and then step it up and move forward. And you certainly have, uh, this records already. Like, again, I, I feel lucky that I got to hear it early, but, um, you know, just the first few singles have been immense. Obviously yesterday was the new colossal hate lyric video, and uh, we already got the excellent Memento Mori and uh, video and single and Checkmate is crazy, dude. <laughs> and that, yeah, that's awesome. I'm glad you dig it. And I don't even and th and I think like now that I've heard the whole record, I think it's not even like I think the other people are gonna bug out when they hear like you know Resurrection uh, Man and Routes and Poison Dream, right. and Bloodshot Eyes. These are these are crushing tracks, man. It's just uh, no yeah, no it's flat. Not, it's not like me. You know, it's not like we took, like, the handful of songs that we've released and are like, all right, well, this is, you know, this is the fucking album a shot. It, it was really hard just picking the, the, the songs to release first. Cause and it just kind of goes back to that whole thing I was touching on with. This record is the record, you know, it, 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 when we heard it as a collection of tunes, we are like, fuck yeah, self-titled, you know, that's... The, this is the record to be fucking gangster on because these songs really represent everything that we've ever done. Sick. There's your hashtag right there. The, these are this is the record to be fucking gangster on. I love it. That's right. <laughs> uh, there's your quote right there, Keefe. Um, I, I got to also single out Randy, man. Uh, you know he's always killer, but I really love the continuation of these really varied and layered vocals by Randy on this record. I thought it worked beautifully on the last one. I know it was just kind of like we're t between the you know that uh, cool EP where you kind of tried it out, and then the album, and and uh, and now here, I think he's even grown even more now. Like very fearless melodically. I love hearing the bassy 
the bassy intro at the beginning of the record where he's just in his low voice. It's so, yeah. it's sneaky good, man. It's super cool. It, it's really cool to see, man, because his confidence with that has just, you know, I, it's like visible, like you can see it, it you know, as, as somebody who's been there with him through the whole thing, you know, at first he was like real hesitant, you know, it's like, that, that's, that's kind of like taking your clothes off. I mean, that's, you know, it's, it's not necessarily what he was known for. And that's a scary thing, man. I fucking get it. I totally get it. But to see how he's embraced it and the way that his confidence has blossomed in it and how that has aided in his performance and, and the way that he pulls it off. It's fucking cool to see, man. And I'm super proud of that dude. Yeah, man. And, you know, I can I totally get the hesitancy because, again, you guys have a diehard fan base and metal fans. I know we're very eclectic, but we also can be very, very rigid in what we like and don't like and letting people know. So I think it's cool that it's cool that you guys are not afraid to take chances at this point in your career, you know? Yeah, it's a a lot of confidence uh, and I appreciate it because some bands, you know, they they get in that like, oh, we can't we can't we can only be between this pole and that pole. We can't exist otherwise. And I think it's cool that you guys are, you know, not afraid to try stuff. Yeah, I mean, I I think I was I don't know if I was doing some email interview, but I I remember one of the questions and my answer was if some of the things that you write don't scare you, then you're not pushing any boundaries. You know, you're you're not growing as a musician, a songwriter, a singer, what whatever. So, word, I like it. Um, one other thing I'll talk about about the songs before I move on to some other uh, varied questions is I love how tight and short the record is. It's very punk rock, man. I, I had to like do a double take. It. it was it's none of the songs hang around too long. They get to the point. There's cool sections. Yeah. There's definitely, like I said, a couple of those classic breakdowns also, but it, it's pretty fast. It's a pretty fast uh, running record. Yeah. No, it, it, and, you know, it's, I guess it's, you know, it's, it's a bit purposeful the way it was laid out. We wanted 10 songs and we wanted them to be fucking just, you know, to embody us and, uh, I think we did it. So that makes me feel better hearing you say it as well. Yeah, man, for sure. Um, I definitely have to single out the two guest spots because they are immense. Uh, You guys started bringing in guests on the last record, the last full length. And now we got Poison Dream with Jamie Josta and uh, Routes or Roots, whichever you want to say, with uh, Chuck, the great Chuck (laughs) Billy. Uh, Both those songs are very different. And I wanted to kind of start by asking if you wrote those songs with those guys in mind and how those developed. No, like when I wrote those two, it, 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 I, I'm not thinking about vocal guests. That's usually a Randy afterthought idea, you know. It, it's and and honestly, and I, I, I know that fucking Randy has given shit for this before, and I've gotten better about it. But when I'm writing music, I'm not necessarily thinking about Randy and how the lyrics are going to lay over it. And like I said, I've gotten better. So I've made room. Some stuff's a lot less technical than it used to be. Like, I know this guy's got a fucking thing on it, whatever, you know, stomp all over my rip. But, um, no. So, like, I had I had no idea that that was going to come to pass. And when the song started taking shape 
and Randy was like, you know, I, I think this would benefit to, you know, have Chuck come in, and I, you know, think Poison Dream would benefit to have Josh to come in. I was like, do, do you? I, I fucking love it. I'd love to hear what they can bring to the table. I mean, you know, worst case scenario, we don't use it, and, you know, we let Randy do his thing. So, you know, might as well. And they fucking killed it. And those songs are super great. I love both those teams. Word. Before I, uh, follow up on another question about that i do have to say i love that you pointed out about leaving space for the vocals i think that's the thing that yeah. pe people don't really think about and you guys have obviously written you know uh probably like 100 songs in 20 you know, 100 songs plus in 20 something years but you know it's always interesting i find that like guitars cymbals on drum kits and singers always mm -hmm. compete for like the same sonic area in a mix yeah <laughs> uh and i yeah. Right. And uh, and, you know, uh, John is great at kind of playing very, uh, you know, kind of yeoman solid bass lines where he's not too busy, which helps the vocals and the drums. But I, I, I love yeah. I love you mentioning that you and Mark are, you know, con cognizant of, you know, space for Randy to kind of be Randy and do his thing. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, like I was saying, I didn't always I wasn't always that way. And I owe a lot of that to Mark for kind of steering me in that direction and making me see that it's a huge element, you know, ultimately people gravitate to the vocals. People are going to listen to fucking, as cool as your fucking riff is, you know, it's way too fucking busy. And I get that now. I don't think, you know, it's nothing, it's nothing personal. And I, I, I think that comes with age and maturity and, and being a songwriter for so long and, and, you know, doing this for so long. So, yeah, I mean it's something you gotta you gotta you gotta do that. You, you gotta make room for your guy because ultimately that's what people are listening to. Nice man, uh, and I and I do have to single out Josta, right? The Poison Dream track is dope, and I lo what I love about Josta's part is because as a guy who on his podcast he likes to break, you know, not break chops, but like point out who's kind of like got rappy verses and not in and metal, yeah. and he's totally this motherfucker spitting, dude. He's rhyming. And it's it, it's awesome, and it doesn't sound like anything he's ever really done on Hatebreed Records. Um, no, it's really that's why it's I fucking really good. loved it. I was just like, because yeah. I was expecting, you know, no offense to Jamie, but I was expecting Jamie right to come in. I was like, that's cool, you know, fucking Josh is great. He's heavy. But when I heard it, I was like, God damn, he fucking he, that's awesome, and it fits the song, which is super cool. Right. And I think also he's usually the guy that people bring in. He's like the the guy off the bench for the chorus as a guest star. And now he's got kind of his own section of the song where he's just wrecking it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. And then for Chuck, man, like to get the, you know, not just to have the, the, the graciousness. Chuck is wonderful. I interviewed him recently. Um you know, for Chuck to come on and, and kind of do his thing is not only like a, a bonus for you guys, but it's it's kind of great to see sort of the, you know, the la and Testament is as vital right now as they ever have been with that new record. But it's great to see Chuck and Absolutely. you guys. It's great to see you, you know, Lamb of God and Chuck team up. It's kind of like the old and the new, no batons passing, just like equal measure, you know? Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, you know, we've, we've been friends with those dudes again for a long fucking time. I'm trying to think, was it Ashes of the Wake that Alex was on the first time that we had Alex? Yep. I think it was, I'm pretty fucking sure, because I remember the studio, and I always remember that day when Alex came in, and I met Alex for the first time, and just sitting in this cramped closet 
Eyes tracking room while he just fucking played the solo on that tune. And ever since then, it, you know, because before that, I was just a huge Testament fan. So getting Alice on the record and then coming up with those dudes and doing multiple tours with them and festivals. And it was just that song in particular when it came about and Chuck's name got thrown at that. I was like, absolutely. I would love to hear exactly what Chuck did over exactly that part. And it, it's perfect. I can't agree more. I cannot. I, that's actually one of the tracks I can't wait for people to hear. I think they're gonna literally lose their shit when they hear it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, for real, they're gonna lose it. He's great. Uh, him and Randy are great together. Wow, just uh, mind blowing. The back and forth that they have yeah. is fucking cool, man. Yeah, so it's good. It's good that when you guys do, it's not only really special when you bring on a guest. It's not taken for granted. It's like. It's really special, and uh, everybody gets to kind of have their their own part. Uh, you it know. is, and it's really purposeful. You know, it's not just like, oh, shit, who can we get to fucking, you know, so we can put a name on this track. It's really, it's like that, what he brought to the song was what that song did. And it, it's really, you know, I'll say it again, it's really just purposeful how we do it. Right on, man. Um, I, I have to uh, mention that I love the uh, the new beer, the non-alcoholic Ghost Walker beer, because uh, yeah, uh, such a cool idea. And I know you had actual a personal hand in that. So I wanted to kind of, uh, you know, shift gears and talk about that for a minute, because what a cool thing. That I is. love it. <laughs> like my favorite fucking thing right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was super cool, man. Um <laughs> I'm trying to remember what tour it was on. It was one of the last U.S. tours that we did. And we had had a day off in Columbus right before the Sonic Temple Festival, like two days or three days before that festival. And I don't know if Randy had been talking to the BrewDog peeps, um, but, you know, he, he texted me and, you know, we're just sitting in this fucking hotel. He's like, yo, come with me down to the, uh, the BrewDog you know, headquarters slash bar, whatever. And, uh, you know, let's have some, some NAs and there's some, there's some people that, you know, uh, we're going to, we're going to talk to. And I was like, cool. So we go down there and just get the conversation started. And BrewDog's been killing the NA game for a while. Like they have the BrewDog Nanny State and Punk AF, both of which are amazing non-alcoholic beers. You know, just changing the landscape of, of, what now not the whole beer is usually considered to be. So when we brought up the idea that, you know, there's all these fucking bands that are putting out beers and all that, and that's just not our steez. And, and we wanted to do something that was us and, and spoke to us. And, and they were 100% the best partners to jump in bed with. And, Dude, it, it just, it came about, and when the time came for the process to get initiated, you know, I unfortunately couldn't make it out there, but Randy flew back to Columbus and picked out, you know, all the hops and the barley and everything that goes into a beer and uh, basically, quote-unquote, designed Ghost Walker. And fuck, it's so good, dude. I'm, like, so stoked on that beer, and they've sold out. Like, I'm, I'm bummed because I just drank my last one last night. Like, they had sent me a case, 
and I'm fucking pumped because they're sold out. I'm all out. Rats. And I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> but it's cool. I mean, like, uh, you you have actually made it when you have like a like a lifestyle brand crossover with your metal band, you know. Um, right. I don't think Slipknot has a beer, but obviously they have the whiskey now. But uh, you know, yeah. and I know like in Europe, the Inflames guys make their own spirits and beers. We can't get them here, but uh, yeah, I think it's cool that you guys have joined kind of that like little cool, you know, cadere of bands that have kind of this cool thing. And you guys actually even participated. I love the label, everything about it. And then you dropped like the live video from the February show, the little intimate show, which I thought was yeah. really like a really cool integration, right? Because that's part of the game now, right? Like, what else can we do with this? So I thought that was really, right. really smart of you guys. <clears throat> well, thank you, man. Yeah, I mean, like you said, part of the game now. You got to have shit that complements other shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's just how it is. I bet the marketing guys love you. They fucking love They don't know what to fucking do with me, dude. I got you. I got you. But uh, yeah, man, it's it's very cool. Uh, it's cool that you guys are still kind of, you know, surprising yourself and the fans, which is really great. Uh, second, you know, third decade, starting the third decade of, of, of Lamb of God, it seems incredible. Um, God, yeah, when you put it that way. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, it's but, that, that's but also for, fine. Yeah, also for me as, you know, three decades as a fan and two as a journalist almost. So, you know, I've, I've seen right. I've seen the rise, you know, from little little clubs and small stages to like the biggest venues you can imagine. Uh, and, and you yeah. have too. And so I wanted to kind of finish up by reflecting on that idea, which is, you know, I think you guys are the same fundamentally, you know, we're all change. We grow up, we change life experience happens, but like in terms of just your, you know, as you, as you put it so well earlier, your steez is a band, basically you guys are the same dudes, you know, in inherently from the small stage to like the biggest stages in the world, Slayer farewell tour festivals in Europe, Sonic Temple, stuff like that, you know. So I'm really appreciative of that. What do you think about now that you reflect on that, you know, sort of that gap of time? No, thank you. Um, it's it's really cool to look back on because I I I 100% agree with you that yes, we we've, we've all grown as people. You know, we've grown as songwriters. The music is developed and, and whatever else, but inherently and fundamentally. We are that the vision hasn't changed, and we are the same dudes. And that feeling, you know, that 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 the way my fucking jumps when I, you know, come up with a riff that just fucking lights me up. That's the same as it was, you know, twenty five fucking years ago. So until that goes, uh, it, I mean, that's it's it's like when I, I still get nervous before shows and. and I don't, I don't want to not get nervous before shows. You know, I want to, I, I want to feel everything and I, that hasn't stopped and I don't think it's, it's going to, you know, cause that's just kind of our vibe. And, uh, yeah, no, it's, thank you for, for making me kind of reflect on that. Cause it's really cool to think about. Um, yeah. Well, you're welcome. Talk, talk <laughs> Thanks. Um, yeah, man. I, uh, I I sincerely hope we get through this crazy crisis of the pandemic and quarantining and all this stuff in time for you guys to have like a real release show or something. 
in June. June 19th is the self-titled Lamb of God release date. And and I, I sincerely hope we get everything back and the, the whole industry recovers and uh, we get you, get you get you you get back where you belong, which is on a stage rocking out, you know? Awesome. Thank you, brother. I really appreciate that, man. Thanks for spending this time with me, Willie. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no worries, dude. Thank you for taking the time. We'll talk soon. Take care. All right, brother. You too. Thanks for checking out today's podcast. Follow, like, and subscribe wherever you hear these podcasts. Also, check out Ghost Cult Magazine on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And finally, check us out at ghostcultmag.com. We're out. Peace.